years ago, I went to the Dolly Museum over in St. Petersburg, the old place. They have a new museum now. The first time I went through, I just went on my own. You know, I'd seen Dolly paintings before, you know, the greats. He paints a scene of the Last Supper and Jesus on the cross, and all his paintings are, they're Dolly. You can't, you can't miss them. You know, if you're, you, you know you, we've seen them, even if you haven't heard of his name before. Remember the one with the, with the clocks that's melting and all, they're just like dripping down? That, that's Dolly. So on the first time I went through, I, I, you know, I just walked through and, wow, that's interesting. Well, that's cool. Now, the second time I went there, I went with the art tour. Somebody who was an expert on, the, on Dolly's art led us through. And we, we didn't look at all the paintings, but she chose specific ones. I couldn't believe what I learned the second time. Things I did not see. If you've ever been there, if you've gone to the art tour, you know what I'm talking about. You'll, they'll say, look at, look at that eye and that picture, the eye, and then let your mind go out from there, and all of a sudden you see a face in there that you didn't see before, something like that. I couldn't believe all the hidden messages he had in all of his art. Well, when I was looking at these readings today, I think I had a similar experience. You know, I read, read them first, and you got Job in the first reading. He's in a bad way. He's not feeling very good at all. Hopeless. Then you have Paul, who's so dedicated. He, he says, I have to preach. No doubt about it. And then Jesus, in this town where they really get it. They really get his message. And he's able to do so many healings. Then he goes out before dawn to pray. So they looked disconnected at first. Is there anything that's common in them? And then all of a sudden, as I stayed more time with it, I saw something I didn't see before. All three of these readings are about purpose. What's my purpose in life? I think there's a lesson in each one that something to teach us about God's purpose for our life. In Job, he's lost his purpose. You know, he was a very wealthy man. If you've ever read that story all the way through, wealthy, had a wonderful family, was a righteous person, and everything was taken away. Marauders, disasters, everything. Even his body had boils all over it. He had nothing. He has three friends, put that in quotation marks, who come over to console him. And basically what they tell him is, you must have done something wrong. How'd you like that to have that for friends? <laughs> you must have done something wrong, otherwise this couldn't happen. Just go and repent to God. One of the friends says, just curse God and die. These are, these are his friends. But Job, here's the lesson. Even though he has no, this is so filled with despair. He says, I'll never be happy again. But he never gives up is his faith. He never stops believing. He holds on to his faith. He's telling God very directly how angry he is, upset he is, how he wants answers. He actually demands an audience with God as that, as that book uh, develops. And God finally gives him the audience. Chapter 38, chapter 40. God appears in a whirlwind. God says, were you there when I made the foundations on which the earth was built? Now, of course, it's, it's, it's 500 years before Jesus, so they don't have the science that we have. Were you there at the storehouses where the snow is kept? 
Have you ever visited the storehouses where hail comes from? He basically describes the whole universe. Were you there? And at the end of it, Job realizes it's a mystery. He humbly repents and puts ashes on to show that you're in charge, God. He holds on to that faith. And at the end of the story, he's blessed in so many ways. He hung on to his faith and he found his purpose eventually again. Paul, Paul, you would say Paul was misguided in his his purpose because he was out looking for Christians to, to, uh, to imprison them, bring them in. Many of them got stoned and he was zealous about it until Jesus appears to him in that light. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He goes through three years of conversion in Damascus, and then his purpose is crystal clear because he's so bonded with Christ. He says, eventually, it is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. And because of that bondedness, he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. Even though it's not easy, he goes through all kinds of hardships. He never doubts the purpose. I'm here to preach. Like, how can I not preach? I do everything I can so that I could save more. It's just so clear there. And then Jesus. I would say what we learn from Jesus. He knows his purpose from the beginning of his ministry. He knows where he's going. But he discovers purposes inside the purpose. Like right here in this town. This town gets it. Maybe I should stay here a while. He goes off before dawn, so in the middle of the night, to pray. He stays close to the Father. When Peter comes and says, they're all looking for you, it's time to move on, to go to other villages and proclaim the kingdom. He discovers the purpose within the purpose. There's a very good book written by Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. I would recommend it. It's a bestseller for many years. I would say two things that help us discover our purpose more. These two. I got to take some time to be quiet, to listen, to look at my life, and what do I notice? And the second thing is to keep doing spiritual reading. Read the scriptures. Read spiritual books, because out of them, often comes the clarity about what, where I'm supposed to go. What happens to people when they take time to listen? Here's an example. Let's say one person starts thinking about that. They says, well, you know what? I, I've been involved with my son's baseball team in Little League. And then I was with him in the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, helped out in school and basketball. I think my purpose in life is to be there for youth. I don't, not just for my own son, I like helping these other young people. If I took the time to stop and think, I'm already going to discover the purpose that's already developing. Other people who have been in business a while, they'll say, hey, you know, people keep coming to me and asking me questions about their careers or where they're going. And they're realizing, I think I'm, my purpose now is to be a mentor to young professionals. There's so many ways you could think about this. Some people might just be, you know, all these people come talk to me all the time. 
I don't know why. They come talk to me and they ask me a question. Maybe my purpose is to be a listener. There's not a lot of listeners in our world today. So taking that time to be quiet, he'll reveal what our purpose is. If we've lost the purpose, hang on to your faith. That's Job. For Paul, if I discover that, you know, my life's just not working right right now. Maybe my purpose is misguided. Maybe I've got the wrong purpose. And with Jesus revealing to us that there's these purposes within the purpose. Obviously, my big purpose is from the Baltimore Catechism. Why am I here? To know God, to love God, and to serve him in this world, and to be happy with him forever in heaven. That's the big purpose. That's the big arc. But there's these little ones. Jesus discovers one in the gospel today. Dear Lord, I pray for everyone here, and for anyone who feels lost right now, that you feel you've lost your purpose, or sometimes the thinking is there, or the feelings, what's the use? We pray that God may give you the gift of strength of faith to hang on. Let him guide you. Let him show you the way. And for all of us, that we may take the time to think what our purpose is in life. May our hearts be open. May our lives be generous. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.